Good morning, everybody. So, uh, if if you had a chance to to watch the the funeral this morning, one of the things that that really struck me watching the funeral was the the rabbi's son said something very interesting. He said Rabbi Kanievsky's son said that his father he stopped teaching a certain class because he had to take too much time to prepare. And they asked him, how much time does it take to prepare? And he said, five minutes. And he says, for the five minutes, he didn't want to give up the five minutes because he wanted to make sure he would have that time to do everything else. He said that whenever he would come home for lunch from the kolel, his wife had his food sitting on the table ready for him to eat. But if she wasn't ready to sit and join him, he wouldn't start to eat. He would get up and go to the shtender and he would study, even if it was one minute or two minutes or three minutes until she would come. That's how much he valued his time. But in contrast, he said that he would answer all the questions that he got. And he would get thousands and thousands of questions for people. And he knew many of the questions were from young kids. And he knew the only reason they were sending him the question is because they wanted to get a letter back from Rav Kanievsky in his handwriting. And you would say, you know what, maybe these letters I don't need to worry about. Let me give to someone else. But no, he sent the letter back to each of these kids in his handwriting responding. So you say, when is time wasted and when is time to be able to make the connection from the one generation to another generation and for the generation to have respect for the rabbi is unbelievable. I sent out, when I sent out the notice, I sent a picture in the top. That picture actually was taken on Tuesday. Jonah's two of his nephews visited the rabbi on Tuesday. They're 17 years old. And they sat and asked him questions. And he took the time to answer questions of 17-year-old kids. It's crucial, really, that you have the willingness for a young generation to take the exact advice from the older generation. We see in this week's Perashah, we're going to read about the, 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 the passing of Nadav and Avihu. And if you look at the timetable, you have to think about the timetable. You know, we received the Luchot. I mean, we received the, the Aseret Hadibrot. Moshe went up to, to heaven for 40 days and 40 nights. He was delayed in coming down according to the people's calculation. And they said, let us make something to lead us. They wanted a replacement of Moshe Rabbeinu. And it seems initially their intention was good. They saw that the angels had the resemblance of the foot of the calf. They wanted something to resemble an angel, the angel Gabriel, who was strong, Midat Hadin, they could grow. That was going to lead him. The Egel's intention was something good in the beginning. We see, though, that what happened, they used it as an excuse to throw off all Machut Shemayim. Moshe comes down, sees what's happening, throws the Luchot. And then we go through a period, Moshe asking for forgiveness. Hashem says, I'm going to forgive. Hashem says, take, he says, you know, he says, uh, make two new Luchot. Moshe comes down the second time on Yom Kippur with the second Luchot. The next day he tells them, we're going to build a Mishkan. And in many ways, even if we say the Mishkan was always meant to be, there's an aspect of the Mishkan, either way that's a, a forgiveness of the, 
of the Egel. We know the people rush to give three days later. They don't need any more money. Everyone's working on it so diligently. They really finished with uh, the Mishkan on the day that would be Hanukkah later on. But we wait until the first of Nisan to really dedicate it. We dedicate the Mishkan on the first of Nisan. The, the spirit of Hashem is resting on the, on the Mishkan. Aharon becomes the Kohen Gadol. Everything is an unbelievable celebration for B'nai Israel. And all of a sudden we have the Pasuk stops and says, the two sons of Aharon, they bring a strange fire, and Hashem kills them because they bring the, the strange fire. The fire basically eats them from their insides. And the rabbis ask, well, what did they do wrong? They brought a strange fire. So we look at different possibilities that what was their, their sin. One possibility was they didn't ask advice from Moshe and Aaron. Another possibility was they drank before they went in to do the work. Another possibility was they, they didn't get married because they said, you know, we're too good for everybody. We're not going to get married. Another possibility is they would see Moshe and Aaron walking in front of them and they would say, when are these two guys going to leave this world so we could take over? But the Torah refers to their sin as a strange fire. So all the Mepharshim have to be able to take this strange fire and interpret it in a way that it relates to all of these other possibilities. So Rab Mordechai Kamenetsky brings a story from the Dugna Magid. He says that there was a certain sergeant in the army and he did an amazing job in battle and the general wanted to promote this very young sergeant from his position as sergeant. His, his men loved him. He was going to make him a captain. But he was a young guy. And he tells him, listen, you're dressed now in the uniform of the king and the captain in an officer's uniform. You're now an officer in the king's army. Everything you do has to be with the utmost care because you represent the king. Never, never remove your officer's jacket and coat from you in public. This is your symbol. This is what you need to do. It says, absolutely, general, I'll do exactly what you say. And what happens is the next day he's walking through the park. He's so proud. He's in his new captain's uniform, youngest captain in the army. And he sees a bunch of sailors, officers in the, in the Navy. And they come to him and say, hey, yo, you're the new uh, captain in the army. We heard you have a tattoo on your stomach that says, I love my mommy. And they start making fun of him. And he says, that's ridiculous. I don't have such a tattoo. Well, prove it. Uh, I'm not going to prove it. I can't take off my coat. Listen, we'll give you 500 gold coins to contribute to the king's treasury. If you prove to us that you don't have this tattoo. He says to himself, you know what? 500 gold coins. I take off. The king will be so happy. My general will be so happy. I did such a good thing. So what does he do? He takes off and he shows them. And he takes the 500 gold coins. He comes to the general and he says, look what I got. 500 gold coins. And the general says, you idiot. I bet the admiral of the navy that none of my officers would ever strip in public 
2,500 gold coins. You lost that for me. So the officer, maybe he had good intent, but he didn't follow the protocol. He didn't follow what he was supposed to do. Maybe we could say that Nadav and Avihu, they felt they didn't need to ask Moshe and Aharon. They knew. Maybe they felt, you take a little wine, it lifts you up a little bit. We take wine to make you douche. It'll make them do their avodah better. Maybe they really thought there wasn't a girl up to their standards. But the bottom line is, it can't be that. You have to follow the protocol. You have to follow and ask the advice of those that come before you. Their big mistake is they didn't look to take the advice of Moshe and Aharon. Had they come to Moshe and Aharon, everything would have been different. Go back to the Egel. In the Egel, what happened? Bnei Israel, maybe they had the good intention. But who was the leader at the time? Moshe appointed Chur. They turned to Chur and say, we need a leader, we're going to make a calf. What does Chur say? No. Absolutely not. What they do? Kill him. They killed him. Hashem saw what happened at the Egel, and He wasn't going to allow it to even begin to happen again at the Mishkan, which was the Tikkun of the Egel. Because you can't take it into your own hands. You have to follow the rules. You have to follow the protocol. You have to follow the advice of others. Rav Kanievsky was unbelievable because he was able to connect. And people took his advice and came to him for advice. And he was willing to give the advice to everybody who came and asked for the advice. When we lose great people like him, we lose that connection to a previous generation. We have to pray, B'zirat Hashem, that he's gone, that someone's going to come and fill the shoes. And that we're going to be able to connect one generation to another. Because if we can't connect one generation to the past, we lose the connection, we lose the protocol, we lose doing what's right. B'zirat Hashem, Hashem will give us that person, as He always does. And God willing, that person should be Mashiach. And He'll come. Amen. 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 Amen.